Um, I'm the executive director of Eat Smart Move More South Carolina, and we are a nonprofit coalition. And I'm going to go into a little bit more details about kind of who we are and what we do in a minute. But um, we are a partnership promoting healthy eating and active living. And I wanted to give you sort of an overview, since we are a new organization, kind of give you an overview of kind of who we are and what we do before I delve into this particular project, because it all kind of flowed very, very, very nicely um, together, and it, um, it's kind of important to note that. So um, if, okay, I'll just then point to you then. Um, in 2003, uh, DHEC, the Department of Health, uh, received funding from CDC to, um, to be in a, uh, an obesity state. The CDC uh, recognizes that uh, the trends in obesity are, are very alarming, and so they are uh, providing states with funding to create state plans to prevent obesity. And so uh, South Carolina received these fundings in CDC's second cycle for obesity funding. And so that occurred in 2003. And their main task was to create a statewide network, and they did that, and for that network to create a statewide prevention plan for obesity prevention. And so um, that organization was called SCOPE, which was a South Carolina Coalition for Obesity Prevention Efforts. And then their plan, you can download this on our website. This is a very light 200-page, you know, light reading for you to do on your fall break. Um, so anyway, it's a huge plan. And during that, the course of um, that first cycle of funding, they did a lot of really good things. They, um, partners came together and they addressed this issue um, kind of with, with, with partners perhaps that didn't necessarily work together. Um, <clears throat> we did a <clears throat> uh, really neat uh, on, online um, physical activity resource, resource inventory, which is really, really neat. It's like this diamond in the rough, but it's not populated very well. So if you go into um, SC Healthy Options, it's a really cool database where you can search by um, age and by the kinds of activity you want to do and by the county and, and get all the options, say, for example, of karate in you know, Aiken County. So it's really neat, but it's just not very populated. I keep wanting to get some students to help me with that. Um, Color Me Healthy is a preschool curriculum, and so we have now um, trained Color Me Healthy, Healthy trainers all over the state and have got a really good reach on that. It's really fun. It's a preschool curriculum for daycare centers and for, obviously, preschool uh, age kids. We've worked with the Breastfeeding Coalition, and they've done a number of things. Um, breastfeeding is one of our main core focus areas. We've done a uh, toolkit for farmers markets so communities can work together to develop farmers markets. We did a healthcare provider survey, a worksite survey, and a worksite conference for those in that field. Um, we had state meetings. We um, worked with the Department of Transportation on their Safe Routes to School program. And many, many of those things were funded through an association that we had um, with Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And when I say we, I mean both. Um, kind of flip to the next slides, um, both um, the SCOPE Coalition and also a Physical Activity Coalition that I'll, that I'll mention on the next slide. But in anticipation of SCOPE wanting to apply for the next round of funds, um, they started taking kind of a look back in 2007 and saying, okay, what, what's going well, what's not going so well? And so they did some strategic planning, really focused on sustainability. We've done all these great things. Should we not get funded, how are we going to sustain this work? And so how can we leverage resources from other organizations, from other foundations, et cetera? And how can we really work together so that we're not duplicating anything? Um, so that kind of all sort of evolved in 2007. Along the same time, you can flip. Um, the South Carolina Coalition for Physical Activity was in existence, and they were doing exactly the same thing. Um, they were sort of struggling as well. They had a lot of really good things going for them, um, and then a lot of struggles as well. They had that 501c3 nonprofit status. They had a board of directors. They had a lot of the um, nuts and bolts down. 
um, but their membership wasn't quite as strong. Uh, they, also, they had an executive director, but they didn't have any other staff or any other support. Scope, on the other hand, had a large membership because they appealed to many different kinds of audiences. They had the staff of DHEC uh, and their Division of Obesity, again, funded through the CDC. And they had work groups, and those work groups kind of were doing all those things that I just mentioned. So they started talking together, and it really, really, really made sense thinking about that duplication of effort to, to work together. And in as both of those organizations were working on their strategic plans and sustainability efforts, they, they asked themselves the question, why do we exist? Why, what is the purpose of this organization? And they both independently came up with four priority areas, and those were advocacy, communications, marketing, um, training and education, and then programs like doing things. So it made perfect sense, you can go ahead and flip, um, to move, merge those two together. And that happened at the very, very end of 2007. And then we spent all of 2008 kind of doing our strategic plan and you know all of those things that we, we had to do to kind of identify Eat Smart Move More South Carolina and who we are and, and what it is that we do. So we do operate through a board of directors and um, we have a, a paid executive director and that is me. Um, we also have a, a, a good relationship with the Department of Health Division of Obesity and Prevention Control. And that relationship as our organization has grown um, we're trying to figure out now that relationship is always going to be very, very important and they are our main funder, but yet they're not our only funder. And so we're kind of trying to figure out how to sort of take the training wheels off a little bit because they were, I mean, they built the bike. You know, we wouldn't exist without them. But now it's kind of time to sort of take those training wheels off and, you know, so we're trying to kind of steer ourselves um, independently. So those are our four priority areas, like I just mentioned. And then under that pro projects and programs, we used to call that implementation, but we thought projects and programs was a little friendlier term. That's where kind of the setting-based um, activities come in. So what we're trying to do now, is, and, and we are getting successful with um, uh, committees centered around those four areas, but that whole projects and programs, it's just too large and we can't quite get our hands around that. So as an organization, we certainly have grown by leaps and bounds, but we're not done growing yet. And I don't know that we ever will be done growing. So our partners, we have over 700 partners um, throughout the state and some, a few in other states. And they represent everyone from agency heads, so the Commissioner of Department of Agriculture is one of our partners, as well as just someone down here who's just interested. She's just an advocate. She might be a mom and whose child you know, belongs to a school and she wants her child to be able to walk to school on a regular basis and they can't, she, you know, her child can't. So it's all sorts of different folks in between. And our mission and our vision, basically we want to try to work collaboratively with our partners to work on sustainable changes for obesity prevention, for healthy eating and active living. And it's very important that the things that we do, it's not just programs, 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 individual, those are important. But what's more important is taking a larger look at the bigger issues surrounding why, we're, why it's so difficult to make healthy choices. Sometimes that's a personal issue, certainly, but a lot of times it's not. A lot of times it's a more how our communities are designed and the policies that we have in place that don't support those healthy behaviors. So our little elevator speech um, is kind of fun. Eat Smart Move More is a statewide partnership working to create and promote communities that support healthy eating and active living. Obesity is a complex issue requiring a comprehensive approach. Through advocacy, communication, training, and implementation, we work to make the healthiest choice the easiest choice. So that's something if you see someone you know, in the grocery store that you haven't seen for a while, or if you happen to catch a, um, you know, a legislator riding up the elevator, you, know, you can just kind of tell them just in a nutshell what it is that the organization does. Um, in, when DHEC applied for their reapplication, 
they had to, um, well, they didn't have to. What they chose to do was take that kind of unwieldy document that was 200 pages and kind of say how, I mean, because that is our obesity plan for the state. That is the document that all of our partners could be using um, to steer their efforts at the grassroots level. So whether they're in, again, all of those settings that I just mentioned. Who's going to read a 200-page document to kind of figure that out? Even I, I don't know, ever read it. So what, and I brought one for each of you if you want it. Um, this is kind of the Cliff Notes version. What we did is we created a user-friendly tool that digests all of that huge document down into this. And it's online. I can't go online today, and that's one of the things that I'm going to cut out of my presentation, but I'm going to show it to you. Flip the slide. I think the next one is, op well, it, options for action is going to appear in a minute. But um, it's online. It's called, it's okay. It, it's, it's after programs, so it, it'll be fine. So some of this is just kind of background information, but um, this online tool is, Key, and I guess I'll just open this up to here and talk about that in just a second. So in 2008, again, we DHEC applied, and yay, we were one of 23 states that received funding. And not only did we receive funding, but we got a significant increase in our funding. And that was very, very exciting, and it enabled a relationship, a, a financial relationship between the Department of Health and this organization. So you can click. Um, so what kinds of things do we do? And again, our, this, this comes straight out of our um, strategic plan. And our strategic plan is focused not only upon you know, growing in the health of our organization, but also on our four priority areas. So I pulled out you know, the four goals that relate directly with our priorities. So one is advocacy, and again, we're advocating for local and state legislation and policies that promote our behavior, so active living and healthy eating. So it, we're in the process right now of developing a comprehensive advocacy agenda, and right now, it, on Monday, it'll be shot out, our rough draft will be shot out to all of our 700 partners. Um, our advocacy committee has looked at what other states have done, um, some ideas that other states have not done, um, where we feel you know, action could be taken in South Carolina, and we've just kind of created a laundry list of things that could be considered. And so our partners are then going to prioritize those, and then as that kind of digests, the things that are of highest priority to our members are going to be pretty much our advocacy platform. And so there's going to be two or three policies that promote healthy eating, two or three that promote active living, two or three for the educational setting, because that's we pulled that out all, at, all in its own thing, and then probably one that will affect the work site. So that's going to be launched at an event that we'll have on October the 29th, and we're just going to get some partners together and as well as our legislative champions. We've identified about 15 champions that have expressed interest in these kinds of issues. So um, we're partnering with Save the Children's Campaign for Healthy Kids on this. They have some money, yay, that's always good, for um, us to then, here, we, yay, here's our advocacy platform. Well, so what? <laughs> that, that, with that partnership, they're gonna actually be able to help us um, uh, move that forward. And for those of you, this is a realm that is really new to me, and um, I'm learning every day on how this all works. Um, our legislature is a two-year session, and we're, this is the halfway point. And so in January, this will be this, kind of the second half of this session, and this will be a perfect time for us to kind of get our feet wet, kind of explore how the system works, and then we'll be able to make some adjustments and then really hopefully get, a, get another start um, this time next year. We'll have a webinar on advocacy, and then we're also doing an advocacy manual that'll be downloadable on our website. So communications, basically this is two different things. This is us communicating the brand of Eat Smart Move More. 
to the general public, and that is, again, to try to give folks sort of the tools and all um, the basis behind that is our seven healthy tips. And these are just simple things that folks can do that's not rocket science by any stretch. It's just the basics. Um, but it's really, as, as obesity is a very complex issue, um, sometimes these things are difficult in our society to do, even though it makes perfect sense. Um, as a working mom of two kids, some of these things are hard to do. So <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so that's kind of our branding of Eat Smart, Move More to the general public. But more importantly is the framing of the obesity issue in the state and with the ultimate goal of more of an advocacy focus, funding focus, et cetera. So we haven't quite gotten to the second part of that yet, um, but we're moving in that direction. On the first part of it, we've had partnerships coming out of the woodwork. It's just been fantastic. All of these people and organizations have helped us. We've barely put a dime into this ourselves. All of these partners are coming together because they're embracing this easy concept of eating smart and moving more. So we've worked with ETV, with the um, State Department of Education, um, that little dude in the middle, that smart cat. If any of you have children or grandchildren of preschool age, you probably know who smart cat is. It's there, it's ETV's um, mascot. And he's now eating smart and moving more. They've created a series of um, six PSAs that are running on ETV. Um, we're gonna be streaming those into middle schools as, as um, elementary and middle schoolers do their morning announcements. Um, they'll be able to run commercials and it'll be their commercials. We've had our own commercials. We have six commercials of our own. Um, all of them are on our website and um, you know ours are more educational in nature and ETVs are just completely corny and silly. Um, corn, corny, corn there in the background, he's sort of the star of the show. He's um, got a very dry wit to him and it was corn and strawberry, but now it's corn and carrot. So anyway, they're cute. All right, flip. Uh, training and education, we have an annual um, obesity prevention summit where partners kind of come together. We're lagging behind on planning for 2010, but um, hopefully that date will be announced soon. Virtually nothing has occurred, <laughs> if you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Gwen is on our planning committee and she's probably like, hmm, what is going on in that summit? Nothing! <laughs> we don't even have a date yet. So, <laughs> um, but it's, it, we have usually about 350 people that come and we try to make it really affordable. Um, last year was kind of a circus. We had the Surgeon General here and it was just like, ugh. Um, so hopefully it will be much more stress, um, lower stress next year. We do a quarterly newsletter, and this has been a little bit of a problem. We've had a little bit, if any of you are on our listserv and you're not getting our quarterly newsletter, we've had a little snag with our, we have a database and we're having a little snag with that. But all of the newsletters are on our website and we do a really pretty good newsletter, if I do say so myself, every month. And we don't flood our members with email after email. We save it all for this one newsletter and then people can kind of pick through it and if you're interested in grants or new research or programs and tools um, or job opportunities it's all somewhat organized. Um, we have had seed grantees and we um, provide workshops with them. Anything that we do with our seed grantees we open it up free, usually free of charge for our membership too. We're actually having a fall webinar series we're probably going to do something with Worksite Wellness, um, and then we will have something in November for, with advocacy, and then a, a policy and environmental workshop in December. So again, if you're not networked into our partnership, go to our website and you can sign up. All right, the last thing I'll mention is sort of this projects and programs. I, we have done seed grants in the past. Hopefully, we're, that was going to be something that we were going to do continually. Um, I'm not quite sure if we are going to do that or not. 
Um, we had 10 projects that we funded in 08, and they, we had 10 successful programs. I mean, it was good, but it was just a way for us to financially support our members in some of their activities. Um, we always want to make sure that whatever we support, it falls in line with Options for Action, which is what I'm going to show you in just a minute. We also get smaller grants, and whenever we get a grant, we shoot it right back out to the members, um, again, for similar activities. We also have targeted projects, so we continue, I, I mentioned the Breastfeeding Coalition, Department of Agriculture, we provide them money to do school garden projects. Um, Palmetto Cycling Coalition, we provided them money to do complete streets trainings throughout the state. South Carolina Hospital Association, we're working with them right now to do a really neat inventory of hospitals to see how, because um, often hospitals are major employers in counties. And so they're also a place where obviously they have lots of employees, but they also have a lot of people coming in and out of there. So the policies and um, the ways in which they promote healthy eating and healthy behaviors, it's very, very important on, within the health of the community. So we're assessing those hospitals, um, giving them a grade to um, rate them on their, how friendly they are related to healthy eating and active living. We're following a model that was done very successfully in North Carolina and then was funded by Duke. So we're hoping that South, they wanna, they wanna kind of send us some of their funds. So we're hoping that we can kind of support this project um, phase one and then get the eye of Duke and actually have a full blown um, working with their prevention partners to kind of mimic the success that they've had up there. It's been really great. And then with the South Carolina uh, Recreation and Parks Association, um, we're working with them to see if we can take different communities and we've chosen Chiraw and Aiken to, as our test communities, working with them to see if we can have, um, if we can do some um, assessments and coalition building, um, having the parks and rec kind of be the catalyst for getting that community um, um, organizational organization built. So that's something that we're working on too. So that kind of leads me to, again, what I was mentioning before. This is just a snapshot of our website within Options for Action. And what we've done to try to digest that huge plan into usable kinds of tools is if you click on um, one of those settings, and I can't remember on this, shoot, typically in, if I give this talk, I have several of these and... Um, on this particular one I went online so um, I'll just have to kind of talk through this with you but if you were to click on um, say schools you would um, get to a schools page and it, it would give you four different options of what kinds of objectives you could be meeting you could try to create you know a, an environment that supports healthy eating you could try to create an environment that supports physical activity you could educate uh, family, families, children, and staff on the importance of obesity and healthy eating and active living. And I can't remember uh, what the fourth one was. But anyway, there, I know there's four. Um, so let's say you click on, I want to promote um, healthy eating at my school. So boom, click on that. And then it gives you, okay, well, what does that mean? What, what could you do to try to get you to that goal? Well, boom, here's... 15 different activities that you could do to try to reach that. And then below that, boom, here's 25 different tools that you could click on and it'll take you right to that web page. It'll take you right to a fact sheet or it'll take you right to, you know, a toolkit that you could purchase. So these aren't things that we've done. Some of them are, but not many of them. Um, a lot of the things, you know, from North Carolina and just things that are, um, I can't say they're all evidence-based. I'll say many of them are evidence-based. Um, the majority of the rest of them are, you know, kind of best practice things. So a lot of times people will call me and they'll say, hey, I've done so-and-so. Can, can you put it on options for action? Well, if, there's, if it hasn't been tested in any way at all or no evidence behind it at all, we won't put it on there. So it's not like it's just, you know, these are things that, you know, we approve of, so to speak. So they're, you know, best practice kind of can't go wrong with that kind of thing. And so you can see 
Um, and you can all, if you want, you can have one of these, um, sort of some of the, some of the samples. So, um, so that kind of leads me directly into this Healthy Communities Project. How am I doing on my time? You don't know. <laughs> Asking the wrong person. Okay, perfect. Um, based on what we know should be done, um, we started talking, and, and based on the alarming statistics that are facing our communities and, and the, the folks that live in them, we started having further discussions with Blue Cross Blue Shield Foundation. They are, um, I think it's safe to say, they're the major um, uh, foundation, funding foundation in South Carolina. I think that's right. Um, but they have obesity as one of their primary issues, and it's something that they care a lot about. They really want to make a difference in that area. They want to, you know, what they say, they want to move the needle. They want to see BMI changes. And we've been trying to work with them to say, you know, gosh, it's really not that easy when you're talking about population health. You can, you know, do something in a particular, you know, school and, you know, maybe see some changes. But when you're talking about healthy community initiative, um, it's a little bit more complicated than that. So we're trying to kind of work with them to think about more realistically what they could expect after some type of community intervention. But anyway, they want to have, they envision a, um, an intervention within a, a community that will really make a change, that will motivate the folks who live there um, to make healthier choices. And so, um, we assembled a statewide advisory committee and we took people from Parks and Rec and from higher education and Department of Education, Department of Agriculture, Department of Health, you know, all of the kind of key players and we all said, okay, we all want to work together on this. We all see this as a problem. Um, none of us have the um, ability to know what this should look like by ourselves. So we need to all put our heads together and kind of create this vision for what could be possible in a community because there's really no there's there's no evidence out there that says boom this is what you should do. Um, if it were that easy then you know we wouldn't <laughs> we wouldn't be here. So because obesity is so new um, you know translating research into practice sometimes it's it's a little harder to get from point A directly to point B. And so you kind of have to say, okay, look at the evidence that is out there and let's have our best guess at what could work. So that's kind of where we are right now. And we decided um, as an advisory committee to apply to the foundation in two different phases because we knew this was gonna be very expensive. And we couldn't just say, this is what we kind of think. And this is sort of, you know, the, you know, how we think this is kind of going to shake out. So um, there were just too many variables that we needed to figure out before we could figure out exactly what was best for this particular community. And they needed to be involved in the process of it. So we, um, we were funded this time last year for what we called phase one. And that's going to be what I'm going to kind of explain to you all the things that we've done um, from January 1st to now. And it's been... Um, really in acceleration mode, <laughs> this whole project. It's been very quick. Um, so we, as I said, with our initial planning, we had this wonderful statewide advisory team that really guided this project. We hired a, a program coordinator through, we only had about $40,000 to spend for this phase one. And we actually have a good bit of money left over um, that we get to figure out maybe to help fund our evaluation that we want. Um, but the, um, uh, we created a timeline to figure out, okay, what we do not have a minute to spare here because we knew that, that app, the, the, the second application was due October the 1st. And so we had between January and October the 1st to kind of figure all this out. So we created a very aggressive timeline and we have stuck to that timeline. We had no other choice but to stick to it. Um, Interestingly, when we did submit um, our application this time last year, they came back with us 
and actually requested that we put in an additional layer of expertise, which was, has proved to be very valuable, and they allowed us to hire an external consultant. So we've actually hired, his name is uh, Terry Bazarain. He's from North Carolina, and he's just got an entire career working with healthy communities and active living research by design and active living um, healthy eating by design and just just an incredibly um, smart guy and he has been part of our team too so that was that all kind of occurred um, you know January ish <laughs> so then what we decided to do is we needed probably the most important thing we could do was pick the right community and so we came up with all sorts of kind of qualifiers of what we thought the ideal community would look like and so we knew that um, not only was the foundation interested in um, childhood obesity, but they were also interested in the uninsured and underinsured um, folks' uh, health. And so um, we took a look at that. We took a look at um, perhaps a community that um, had some health disparities as a, uh, a struggle. We wanted to take a look at the size of the community because we wanted it to be um, manageable and um, we wanted to be able to kind of get our arms around it. And so that was kind of a qualifier. Um, we also wanted it to be kind of located geographically where it wasn't like a suburb of another larger community. That was really important. We wanted it to be kind of its own contained Thing. So we really um, kind of graded uh, the applications based on all of those factors. And, and they probably the most important thing that they needed to have was some effort in this, in this going already. If we just chose the most needy community, we would probably spend the next three years just banging our heads against the wall because they just simply wouldn't be ready for what it was that we were asking them to do. So we needed to choose a community that already had, and it didn't need to necessarily be in healthy eating or active living. It just needed to have a history of that community coming together and showing progress toward a goal. And then they also wanted, of course, that community needed to have the goal of becoming a healthier one. So we created a, an RFP, and again, it just really established their need and their readiness. So we didn't want them to tell us all the things that they would do with something like this. We needed them to demonstrate that they were needy for it and that they were ready for it. So we reviewed the applications. They came in, and um, we decided to interview three communities, and those were Walterboro, South Carolina, Inman, South Carolina, which is a suburb of um, Spartanburg, and then um, Winsboro, South Carolina, which is in a Fair Fairfield County, just right up about 40 miles or so up the road. And all of them, I wanted to pick all of them because they were all worthy. It was a very difficult decision. And um, some were more needy than others. Some show, had a longer history of working together. Some um, were, you could just, their, their community just oozed with pride. Um, the folks from Inman were just delightful. And, but yet their um, community was a suburb and it was probably, even though they did have some, um, some things that perhaps they had like kind of a really wealthy section that kind of skewed some of their demographics a little bit um, but they had a wide you know range of um, of economic socioeconomic um, uh, I guess range a range of socioeconomic wealth um, so and we ended up in painfully <laughs> making our decision <laughs> to um, Walterboro, South Carolina. We thought that they were probably the most well-rounded um, with what our vision was. Um, they were located in the middle of the county and they're like the county seat. So 
anyone who lives really in Colleton County needs to come to Walterboro, whether it's to go to the grocery store or to have medical services done. There's very few other towns um, in the county. They have a very high obesity rate, 72.3%. Our state average is 66, which is still very high nationally. We're one of the most obese states in the country. Um, eight out of their 10 schools, they have 10 schools, um, six elementary, three middle, one high. Um, eight of those receive Title I funding. Um, and 34 of their kids live below the poverty line. They're about um, racially about 50-50, uh, and um, they're, the city of Walterboro is 5,500 residents. Um, our ultimate, and we struggled with that because some of the um, some of the things that we wanted to do and to work with were outside the city limits. And so how we've kind of couched our range of population or our, um, our reach, it's really the city limits of Walterboro plus their school district. So the school district, some of all the things that we are planning for the school within the schools, which is a long list, um, that's going to go district-wide. They had already, I will say, um, some of the other things that they had going for them, they have secured money for state money and federal money for a uh, county farmer's market, and they've had great success with that. Um, they've also got a wonderful network of Color Me Healthy trainers throughout the county. And the most important thing was they had a organized community coalition dressing, addressing children's health. And so that was, ouch, that was coach. And again, it was coalition organized to address children's health, and they worked on um, healthy eating, physical activity, and um, tobacco within the schools. So what we have done there is, again, we didn't have a minute to spare, so once they were selected, boy, we moved right on to the next thing. Um, we assembled, they assembled a coalition of about 40 partners, and the first meeting we had was right after... Um, they were chosen. So we had a meeting, the interview meeting, where we met everyone. And then a little bit after that, we had kind of a, let's bring, you know, even some more partners together and get everyone up to speed on what it is that we're trying to do. We had a little bit of a kind of a policy and environmental training with them so that they could understand that concept and that it wasn't just, you know, we weren't just going to work one-on-one -on -one with this community doing programs, we, we are, but yet we're really trying to address some of these larger sustainable efforts. Because if you do only programs, once you leave, once the three years of funding is done, it's gone, so is the programs. And so what's gonna happen? Everything that we do, we want to make sure that it's sustainable. So when we leave three years from now, we think ah, they've got it, you know, they're, they're rolling. So we brought in partners, again, from faith, from the schools, from work sites, from the media, the county, city, health, Department of Health, nonprofits, community advocates. We kind of, we had the mayor there. So everybody is kind of on board. And that organization is Eat Smart Move More Colleton County. Now, their still coach still exists. And they are still going to be kind of that school um, group working within the schools, but they have more now of a more well-rounded um, coalition of partners addressing physical activity and nutrition. So the first thing we needed to do, and this is where I'm going to cut off a lot of these slides, is we assess them, okay? Because it's one thing for us to come in and say you need this and this and this, but if we really don't have any facts to support what it is they need, that's really not going to be that uh, successful. So we did a community survey. Um, we did key informant interviews. We did something called the Rural Active Living Assessment Tool. We kind of did that. I'll explain it in a minute. And then we did um, some GIS mapping. So with the survey, we wanted to see, okay, where, did the, where, where do they receive their health information? Um, what would motivate them? Kind of flip through. I'm going to go through this really. Oh, whoop. I'm trying to remember how I organized this. I think I kind of explained them and then I went into detail. So um, the key informant interviews, we um, 
chose about 10 people to interview to kind of get more in-depth, ask more in-depth questions going into than what the survey would ask. Um, who, are, who are the partners that need to be at the table? Who works well together? Who doesn't work well together? Um, what are some barriers that we might anticipate as we move through this process? The RALA tool, again, Rural Active Living Assessment Tool, we kind of had a, this was like a little stumbling block for us because there's, um, there's the para-assessment, which is the physical activity um, resource assessment. And what that tool is, is it's really geared towards assessing, um, I say points of interest, that's not really the right term, but assessing a park, assessing a schoolyard that has a playground set, assessing, assessing things, assessing opportunities to be active. This community has virtually nothing. So as we went on with that, we kind of thought this is really not going to be that successful. So we started deep digging a little bit deeper to see if there was anything else that we could kind of try to get a bigger picture on how walker friendly uh, is this community. And so at the very end of that decision making time, this thing pops out. <laughs> and it was from um, someone actually who went to USC, I can't recall her name, her last name, Renee Yu, Yu blah, 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 something. Anyway, she got her. Omstat? Yep, yeah. yep, Omstat. She actually was kind of leading creating this tool. And um, it's been published, but I'm not exactly sure how extensive, um, that's out of my field with how exactly that process goes. But anyway, it's a three-part um, tool, and the community that she lives in is extremely rural, and they have tested it, I think, in three different locations. And basically, you kind of create a, um, a zone, and then you evaluate that zone for its walkability and its aesthetics. And so that was what we did. We haven't gone through the other two pieces, but we will um, if we get funded. So basically, um, that gave us more of a, um, a physical, um, we could kind of take, um, well, I'll explain it in a second. And then GIS mapping, of course, we just plotted where are the restaurants, where are the schools, where are the parks, where are, um, uh, you know, corner stores, grocery stores, et cetera. Um, if you can believe it, this community has 35 check cashing places. 35. This is a small town, 35. So that kind of gets into that whole socioeconomic status thing. So with the survey, um, we had just under 500 people complete the survey. We really did a good job. I think the community did a good job of disseminating it online. It was on several um, home pages. It went out all to the, like the superintendents sent it out to all of the, the, um, the largest employer in the county is the school district. So it went out to all those employees. It went out to all the hospital employees, which is the second largest employer. Um, we also, of course, did paper and pencil. Uh, distributed those through churches, and then we had to input those by hand. So um, I'm going to go through this really fast. Um, I'm not really going to go through any of this. So <laughs> there were some barriers. There were some <laughs> opportunities. Um, you know, basically, it. We they kind of said sort of what we expected them to say, really, to sum it all up. Um, the key informant interviews, we again, we did 10. Go ahead and just go through this. Um, all right. Um, I wanted to mention this because I think it's interesting. We identified 21 different zones, again, within the um, city limits. And um, some we went out, like, for example, with the rec, where the rec department is. We had that be a zone. And um, that was a more rural um, that was outside the city limits, but with a few exceptions, mostly it was all inside. And we trained two, we had two people who worked as a team, and they went out, you know, with the tool and kind of did their little checklist. So, um, flip one more slide. Regarding walkability, um, we had several zones that were extremely walkable, as well as the same three were also, you know, extreme, it was a, it was an, it was safe, but it was also a nice place to walk. And then it just kind of goes down the list where some of them were, were safe, 
um, but maybe not quite so you know, aesthetically pleasing, and then vice versa. So um, that is, was very helpful as we, to inform something else. So GIS mapping, again, that's kind of what we, what we did. So to get to it, we, t we took all of that information and we did all of that very quickly. Um, we presented it in June. To um, we had about 50 people, 50 partners responded to this request to all kind of come together and take a look and brainstorm about um, the shape of this plan. And so we reviewed the assessments with them. We did kind of a further SWOT analysis, and just to kind of reiterate. To, to see if there was anything to add, maybe based on that would have been anything different, you know, from the key informant interviews. Um, we reviewed options for action. Again, gave them, uh, you can tell people and tell people and tell people about more of the larger big picture things that probably should be addressed, but they're always going to gravitate to what they know best which are those individual behavior change kinds of programs. So even though we did the right thing, some of what was brainstormed really went back to health fairs and some of those things that we're trying to, not that health fairs are bad, but we're trying to think, get, getting them to think outside the box a little bit. So they brainstormed. We had them um, sit, you know, kind of in settings, and they just brainstormed. What, you know, what could we do? Um, and they came up, I mean, they were, that was energizing. It was really a wonderful activity, you know, for them to go through together. And then they, as they presented it as a group to the larger group, we had them talk about, of those things, what would have the highest impact and what would be also of low cost. And that is kind of what, those things are kind of what began to create this comprehensive action plan for this community. We needed those activities to be, to come from the community. And yet, we also needed them to be recommended policies and, or practices. So what our job was next was to kind of align those brainstorming, the, the things that kind of came to the, the top with options for action. And if you can click one, this is kind of what that looked like. And we, we debated a long time of how to present this to, because um, this was their plan. I mean, this is the comprehensive action plan for this community. And so we, we have a sheet on all the four different breakout areas, which were our focus areas, which are communities, faith, worksite, and schools. And so this just happens to be the community's one. So we broke it out into topic areas, so healthy eating, physical activity, and then we pulled out the education, kind of an advocacy piece. Most of the things that fall in that category are education things. Um, and we thought, is it, you know, for this thing, is it a short-term project, is it a medium-term project, or is it more of a long-term project? And if you can flip black back what we did is when we created that we then presented that to a smaller community group we didn't want 50 people in the room to to talk about this and to kind of figure out what that because what that next step was was okay of these things what's going to go into the proposal for the foundation and one lesson learned here, at the sort of the last minute, the funders said that they wanted to attend that meeting, which was great. They wanted to meet the community. We saw that as a really great sign, um, and it was great. But my expectation of what would happen at that meeting was definitely affected by their presence. I really wanted the community members those that are in the schools to really kind of go to bat for what the things that they really thought was most important. And knowing that 
the foundation had a few things that they were really excited about, but there were also th things that the foundation had told me, there ain't no way we're funding school gardens. You know, we're just not going to fund X or Y or Z. So I kind of had that knowledge. They knew I had that knowledge. And yet at the same time, if they really felt that that was important, we needed to put that in there, perhaps not ask money from the foundation, but to figure out how else we could maybe pay for it through some other sources. So just their very presence really skewed the dynamics of that meeting. And ah, I, didn't, I didn't really feel that great about that meeting actually. And then once they left, they had to leave a little early, thank goodness, because then, boom, everyone started talking again, and it was really good. <laughs> because I think that they were afraid to say anything that might affect any outcomes or, you know, they want the money. Of course they do. Oh, well, yeah, well. Oh, just observe. No. <laughs> Um, the director of the foundation has a very strong personality, and um, he shared that with the group, and, um, you know, <laughs> so, you know, he, he definitely has his own desires. He's, he's passionate about this. He wants this to work, um, and um, he, might, he might know he might think he might know the best way to accomplish that, but he doesn't have, you know, a doctorate in public health either. So, you know, you kind of got to balance things a little bit. So. In retrospect, could you have requested that they not attend? I think that we would have done it differently. I think we would have probably had one meeting and then, okay, then we would have our meeting is, is what I would have done. But... So anyway, we worked it out, and um, this is kind of what we came up with as far as what was put in there. Um, the, the project of the title is, um, again, Eat Smart, Move More, Colleton Candy, Reversing the Epidemic of Childhood Obesity Through Demonstration of a Community-Based Obesity Prevention Model that Works. And so what we, wanted to, what we want to do with this is to um, really intensely um, work with the community in multiple sectors, um, evaluate it, and hopefully prove that it's successful in the um, evaluation measures that we've selected, and replicate it is, is kind of what our long-term goal is. And so the third year of this grant, even though we were continuing to do some of the things that we did, with, that we started in year one and year two, what I'll go through in a minute. Year three was really funding-wise um, geared towards the replication of this um, and, and getting other communities on board with the assessment phase and all of that. And then ultimately, Duke, bringing up Duke again, you know, I know Duke wants to fund stuff in, more in, in South Carolina. And so that's kind of our ultimate goal because the foundation just doesn't have the funds to do something like this. So the grant request was over $800,000, and again, that was total over three years. And so I go, the goals, you know, healthy eating and active living kinds of stuff. Um, one thing I haven't mentioned yet is the development and implementation of a strategic um, marketing plan, so strategic marketing plan for these behaviors. That's a big part of this budget. And again, once we figure that out, I think that in successive years, as we, as we, um, a lot of these, a lot of these costs, some of these costs are programmatic, but a lot of these are kind of figuring this all out. And so that the replication of this won't be near as expensive as, you know, what this is. And then, of course, the last piece is evaluation. And that was sort of a ninth hour advisory council stressful <laughs> decision. Um, this needs to be evaluated clearly. And yet, at the same time, the foundation, even though they want to prove that it works, I, it takes a lot of money to evaluate something well. 
I don't know that they're going to want to invest in that. So I think that um, they will invest in evaluation, but they probably won't invest in it as the dollar figure that we attach to it. So we'll just see. <laughs> so within the community, um, again, we had all of the different sections, and I'll just kind of go through what, how this all kind of shaked down. Um, we have come up with a comprehensive Move More Walterboro um, campaign. So what we're, there is a couple of really neat prototypes that we used for this. If you go to um, Ireland, we have someone on our advisory council that's from Ireland. Um, they have, in Ireland, they have a whole network of, um, it's called Sila, Sila, la, 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 something, something. I don't know what it's called. Anyway, it's a whole network. What that means is, um, let's go walking in French, I think. So whoever knows how to speak French, tell me how to say let's go walking in French. <laughs> that's the name of the program. But anyway, I'm not sure why they chose that name because it's, to me, not a very user-friendly name. But um, anywhere you go in any city, not any city, but in most cities in Ireland, they have these designated walking routes all throughout the cities. And it's all throughout the whole country. And that's kind of my vision for ultimately where this could lead. So we're starting in little Walterboro, South Carolina, and um, kind of utilizing the information that was gleaned from the um, RALA assessment to kind of plan out where these routes um, could be. We want hubs. So the hub, one hub will be the farmer's market, one hub will be um, the Walmart, one hub will be the hospital, and one hub will be the rec department. So um, linking in, you know, the neighborhoods and everything, you know, kind of with that. So we'll do maps and um, uh, attractive signs and, and things like that. So we'll have probably, depending on how it all works out, probably four-mile routes and two-mile routes kind of throughout the city. Um, the farmer's market, they already have a fantastic farmer's market. Um, what the foundation isn't really that interested in funding farmers markets. Again, that's kind of a link that's a little bit too far for them to, to go over. They, they um, even though it's important, they wonder is there a direct link between farmers markets and obesity. So um, what we're trying to do with the money that we asked for was to increase EBT usage, which is um, food stamps, uh, the SNAP program. So getting them um, um, adept at accepting those vouchers within their farmer's market. We also wanted to create a mobile farmer's market. That's something that's kind of a new little thing out there. And so that was a, a very inexpensive thing, but I think it could yield you know, high, high returns. And then the concept of complete streets, it's something that Eat Smart Move More is doing anyway. We're not asking them for any money for that, but it's just something that we're going to be doing. That was the number one thing that they wanted in that community meeting was a focus on um, as new streets are developed and streets are being um, uh, redone to ha accommodate access for bicyclists and pedestrians. So within the childcare setting, the Grow Healthy Toolkit is something that is um, something that we're doing anyway. We're not asking um, year one, we're not asking them for any money, but years um, two and three, we are. We're trying to, um, we're piloting this Grow Healthy Toolkit. These are two very, um, lots, uh, these are two very evidence-based programs. NAPSAC is an environmental assessment of preschools, and then the Color Me Healthy already mentioned that. That's the um, curriculum. So we've combined those into what we're calling the Grow Healthy Toolkit. Um, within schools, we're doing CATCH, which is Coordinated School Health. It's a very, very tested program. Um, the middle school program, I'm going to kind of go through that because that's a whole other thing. Take 10 is another evidence-based program where bits and pieces, 10 minutes of physical activity incorporated in lots of different curricular uh, areas. Rethink Your Drink is something to get kids to think about drink choices. It's something that we've piloted, um, but we need to overhaul the kit and um, have it professionally developed and things like that. Um, joint use, 
is a huge topic nationally. Um, doesn't cost anything doesn't cost anything to do that. Really the, the concept here is to open up um, you know, walking tracks, um, playgrounds that are in schools, um, tennis courts, uh, ball fields, um, um, basketball courts, those kinds of things for communities to utilize. It's something that they've seen very successful in other communities, but again, it's thinking outside the box for some of these schools that have done who have never done that and there's liability issues and everything there are some wonderful tools that uh, address some of those scary issues uh, that you know fact sheets and everything that address um, for example the liability issue and that kind of stuff so um, definitely moving forward with that and the school district is very supportive of that uh, other things in the schools, school gardens, again, this is something that we're doing anyway. The foundation is not interested in funding that, yet we see it's a value, and so it's in this plan. We're just not asking for any money. Um, they Obviously, they have a school wellness policy. Every school does, but the policy needs to be updated. It also needs to be implemented a little bit better than it is currently. That's an issue nationally. Um, improve healthy food options at schools. This is kind of vaguely written in, um, but we do want, we're thinking even about sending, you know, the school food service director, you know, maybe to a conference or something like that, just to get this guy thinking a little bit more than um, <laughs> how he's been thinking. <laughs> Safe routes to school, again, is something that we do anyway. Um, we will be helping them. They really only have one school that is a candidate for Safe Routes to School within the school district, but we'll be working with them to submit an application when, um, when appropriate to the Department of Transportation, because that's a Department of Transportation initiative. Uh, before and after school physical activity programs, there's lots of models that could be used here. Um, they have girls on the run, men in training. Those are just two national programs that are very easy to implement. Um, school wellness conference is something that COACH wants to do. Again, that's their existing children's coalition. Um, and what we're going to do is pretty much launch, you know, these programs. Um, you know, all of these programs are very easily uh, um, folded into a school wellness conference. So within the faith community, they have a toolkit out of North Carolina called Faithful Families Eating Smart Moving More. So we'll be bringing them in to do some trainings and then um, having uh, little mini grants for the churches to actually implement some of these activities. Work sites, we're gonna create work with the Breastfeeding Coalition to work with the hospital to create the hospital um, to create a, a breastfeeding, breastfeeding friendly um, environment, which means that they have a policy to promote breastfeeding, meaning, um, well, that's twofold. Um, there are policies that they can have regarding breastfeeding moms when moms give birth in the hospital, but also regarding uh, having a mother's lounge for the folks that work at the hospital and having a policy so that if you are a breastfeeding mom returning to work, you can have um, time off to express and there's a, a private place to actually do that. And then to work on the healthy food environment, the hospital literally after, this is such a great success story, after we had our um, summer meeting where we brainstormed all these activities, the CEO of the hospital there, he's been to every single meeting we've had um, he was so motivated by our by the discussion and some of the ideas that were flowing in that m meeting. He went ahead and already has a policy, um, a pricing strategy policy within his cafeteria. So he lowered the price of bottled water and he raised the price of sodas um, to try to encourage and discourage. Um, those options and so he's going to take the next step and actually do that with some of the cafeteria items that's a that's a strategy again thinking about our hospital thing that Eat Smart Move More is doing with prevention partners in North Carolina that's a big thing it's easy it doesn't cost any money at all 
All right, this is our logo for our Move More um, routes. So I'm really excited to share that. I think that's really cool. Um, so that's kind of how our budget breaks down. That sounds like a lot for a local project coordinator. And that's one of the things that I'm a little bit concerned about. Um, um, I, um, I really wanted, again, I, it's so important to me that this is sustainable and all of those things that I mentioned, there's not one thing that when the money goes away, so does the program, um, except for that, <laughs> the coordinator. <laughs> I really wanted from the very beginning someone to step up to say, okay, um, you know, here's $40,000 hospital or city or Parks and Rec or whoever, here's $40,000 for a salary. And then you kick in the rest, you know, if you want to pay, pay benefits for that person or, you know, whatever, vacation, et cetera, the extras. And so that right away, that person becomes part of their culture and part of, that's just one thing, I'm helping pay this salary or I am paying the salary but one you know I thought that that would just be a really good kind of get your feet wet sort of thing but that didn't happen and I'm really I have gone on record to say that I'm concerned about it because not only did we have to pay insurance put money in there for health insurance we also had to put in there for um, like to hire someone you know there's all these fees that Clemson asked for for whatever I don't know anyway um, probably not oh I'm six minutes over yeah so uh, in a nutshell <laughs> what we're trying to do is you know we're, we're trying to work and make a difference in this community and it really needs that this community does and there's lots and lots of other communities across the state that do too so go to our website, join, absolutely, take one of these.